is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dow Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach. And today I am so excited to welcome Marta Tejado to the show. Marta is president and CEO of Consumer Reports, an independent nonprofit that works with consumers to create a fair and just marketplace. Marta, welcome. Thank you, Caroline. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm really excited to dive into this wonderful book, but I also want to talk about you as an incredible woman professional because you have an extraordinary background. You were born in Cuba and moved to the U.S. as a child. So bring us back and and tell this global international audience how being a daughter of immigrants really shaped your views around career. It sure did, Caroline. And um, my impetus for the book is so shaped by that experience as well. And, you know, and my family fled from Cuba in the early 1960s. And for them, it was an exceptionally courageous act. They're young parents, four children, but they were determined, determined to live in a free and open society. And that choice they made really became the opening chapter of my own life story. And I think a lot of your listeners will be able to relate to this. As an immigrant, you experience change in a very personal way, how your life is impacted by larger forces that, uh, and changes that sometimes you, know, you, you feel you can't control. And so that journey really uh, and experience really shaped me. And it gives me a real deep appreciation for some of the hardships and sacrifices that my parents made, but also the opportunities along the way. I mean, it was a real heartbreak for them to leave, but uh, it was also my biggest break. So I watched them rebuild their lives emotionally and economically. And all my life, I've been committed to ensuring that my parents' heartbreak wouldn't be in vain and to do everything I could to make the country they brought me to a place where democratic freedoms and economic equity could coexist and thrive. And for me, that that meant a life of service, a life of service, a life of engagement uh, to strengthening democratic values and growing economic opportunity uh, that extended beyond myself. And the irony uh, really is that today in the U.S., so much of what brought my parents here, uh, our democracy and our marketplace has changed dramatically. And for many of us, we, we have a sense that we've lost trust in our governing institutions, in the marketplace that should be working for us, but against us. And so we have the sense that the balance of power is really shifted away from us, from consumers. And I wrote Buyer Aware to tell that larger story about our democracy that it can only flourish if we have a marketplace that's really truly fair and transparent and safe. And so the book is an attempt to reveal what, what's holding us back and what all of us can do to be a force for change. And that matters a great deal because all of us uh, go to the marketplace to fulfill our own aspirations. And so that was the foundation. Uh, but my career, as with many people, uh, was by no means a straight line. I love that because that zigzag, that circuitous journey has impacted who you are today. You know, Marta, I want to pull a thread because you you said earlier you had this tremendous sense of responsibility, even from childhood, and you felt like you could never sit on 
the sidelines. Has that been a, a driving factor throughout your career? Unquestionably, you know, at the dinner table, uh, drives to school, you know, as a young immigrant child, you are exposed to conversations that have great consequence. Consequences, uh, you know, where, where should we uh, accomplish uh, the ability to get a home mortgage. Where, what school should we go to? There's a problem at the school I don't understand well. Marta, can you translate? As a child, you feel that sense of responsibility. You know, children pick up culture and language so much more quickly than adults. And then you become the eyes, the ears, the translator to things that maybe if you weren't in that position, you wouldn't feel that sense of responsibility. You know, it's interesting because you talk about how misinformation is a huge issue. And, and I, I concur 100%. There's so much information out there. It, it's at our fingertips, but is it trustworthy? And can we make these good choices for ourselves? And when I think of consumer reports, I think trust. This is a, a trusted resource that I can learn from. So talk to me about that and the link between a consumer first economy and democracy. Well, when you think about it, it, it's an irony, really. We're at a moment right now where we have so much information at our fingertips, so much. And yet, uh, as you say, is it trustworthy? And who's monitoring that? And who is a guardian of that trustworthiness? And as you know, misinformation can do a tremendous amount of damage. Um, and, you know, I personally have seen that. I have an elderly father, and I, I think he loves technology as much as I do. He loves the connectivity of it and the ability to communicate. But uh, what I discovered was that he was also being exposed to a lot of pop-up fads that were telling him not to take his diabetes medication. And so he didn't. And so I could intervene, but we are bombarded with misinformation, some of it of greater consequence than others, but you have to learn to navigate that. And it's, it's overwhelming. I think it's truly overwhelming. And I think one of the things that um, we have to recognize is in a democracy is that once we feel powerless in the face of this information, and it is coming at us so rapidly, we just assume that there is a government watchdog that is protecting us, that is recognizing that we as consumers have rights. Um, and the unfortunate thing is the age of uh, the internet and information has so rapidly exploded and the technology has raced so far ahead of those protections and rights uh, that we have as consumers. And that, to me, is really uh, a difficult question. If, we, if trust, uh, if we need to rebuild trust in a marketplace that is neither transparent nor being held accountable, we have to grow our own consumer power to ensure that that accountability happens. You are an incredible advocate for uh, privacy and security you launched CR's data intelligence. 
And you also write in the book, interestingly, about the big four. And let me tell our global audience what that is. Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook, and how they have control of the market, the price it costs consumers, and the action that is impacting all of us. So how does this get better? How do we as the consumer on the other side of the monitor or the digital device have an opportunity to have our voices heard in a safe marketplace? Well, the big four um, didn't just happen, right? The big four uh, happens, You, uh, it was allowed to happen in the sense that we do have in a, in a thriving economy, you have competition. And the forces of competition create more balance in that marketplace, create more fairness in the pricing. But you also have uh, need transparency. And that is something we haven't seen in the digital sphere, right? It is um, the business models are have turned us into commodities. And so our privacy, our information, the data tracking, the algorithms that make decisions that show us some choices that perhaps are appropriate, aren't appropriate for us. Um, we've lost a sense of that. And as I said earlier, our, uh, as proud as I am of CR's 86-year history and the consumer rights that we were able to achieve, a lot of those consumer rights that we achieved in the analog world haven't migrated and don't apply to the online marketplace. It's really a very different um, world, and it's dominated by the big four. Um, and they have pretty much closed out, and they could set the rules and the terms for us. And so we have got to wrestle that back, but we also have to keep uh, them accountable as well as keeping government accountable. And that's where our role comes in is that every market is driven by supply and demand. And that's why we have to demand the marketplace that we want, the transparency that is going to allow us to create the lives that we know we need to succeed. Marta, we'll be right back after a quick break. Hello there, it's Caroline Dowd Higgins. I know that hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who can customize content to meet your goals and someone who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Meeting planners around the world have recognized me for being easy to work with and uniquely suited to create dynamic programming for your needs. My style is high energy and engaging with practical takeaways that participants can implement in their lives and careers immediately. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create healthy workplace cultures, or prevent burnout in your organization, I create customized content to help recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. From the boardroom to the training room or the convention hall, I will help your audience thrive. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. You can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Marta, I'm grateful that you shared the very personal story about how your dad responded to a pop-up ad and, and 
decided not to take his diabetes meds. Happily, you intervened. Hopefully, he's healthy now. But these things happen all the time. So how does the consumer protect themselves from these scams? Sometimes they're financial, hidden fees, predatory lenders, you name it, right? How do do we better equip ourselves to be well-informed? It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And uh, I think the first step is awareness, right? We, we have to recognize that the digital world is unlike anything we've seen before. Um, and that these ads, you know, I remember as a child driving past billboards and you keep going. Well, today, uh, and, and you leave those billboards behind, today it's, it's a very different experience. The ads that you see and, the, and your, uh, your behavior online follows you wherever you go. And all of that data is up for grabs and up for sale. So it's, a, it's an extremely different experience and awareness of it is the first step. Um, that's what we try to outline in the book. Uh, I think we, you know, I hope that there are some very practical and manageable ways to understand the complexity. And at, after each chapter, I, I do two things. I, I try to offer up ways in which you as a consumer can start to guard your own privacy There are ways to go through each of your devices uh, and give yourself a privacy tune-up. And there are also ways for you to connect to a variety of things that we're fighting for. And we can have a much greater impact as, uh, as consumers if we have a unified voice. Yeah, the book is beautiful because it's it's information, it's empowering uh, resources. So we're knowledgeable and can be savvy consumers. You write about the threats to our safety, from products to food we consume to our cybersecurity. Can you highlight one or two to give this audience something very tangible that may be an aha moment for them to help them be more aware? Well, I think there's one thing all of us have been going through globally, and that's the pandemic and COVID. And I would say um, not every piece of misinformation is life-threatening, but we certainly saw um, so much tragedy during this period. So I'll give you an example. And it was one that we conducted with Facebook, now called Meta. And we knew that there were some, there was information on the internet that was putting people's lives at risk. Well, we put that organization to the test by coming up with faulty advertisement and content. And we ran it and offered it to their content moderation team. And as you might imagine, we were giving advice that was completely counter to their health. Drink bleach, don't wear a mask. And it got through their guardrails. So we got to a certain point, we pulled those ads, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. So you have to be really, really uh, cautious about the information that you read. You have to, again, be aware that um, this is a commercial platform. And a lot of what you're seeing is advertising because you're no longer the consumer, you're the commodity. And the advertisers have been, become the consumers. It's such a twist of what we're used to. Uh, but that to me was, was an example that we put to the test. And unfortunately, uh, I think it proves the point that the trust is not something 
uh, we can take for granted. So I want to shift gears a little bit because you wrote uh, beautifully about student loan debt. And of course, there was a recent Biden administration effort to um, forgive student loans for a certain population. So I want to share a statistic that you wrote that over 2.3 million Americans over the age of 62 owe a collective $86.8 billion dollars in student loan debt. That blew me away. I had no idea it was that high a number. Talk to me a little bit more about that because you write that student loan is the stickiest debt there is. Yes, and it's one that I I I is really close to my own heart. I mean, education was my bridge to the future that I have today. It it was and it is for many um, certainly for many immigrants, for many uh, folks who are first-generation higher ed students. And you don't have a whole lot of options. And we have seen the price of education, higher education, escalate. So I, I think the fact that we have seen um, the administration come out with this policy is, um, I think, drawing attention to something that Uh, is holding generations back. And so, yes, I think that loan forgiveness is a way to begin to have this conversation, particularly for those students who have been tricked into private university, some some university scams where some of these schools go go out of business before you even complete it. Some of them give you a degree that has absolutely no value for your own social and economic mobility. So we need we need to protect consumers and young people and uh, of, of that particular kind of trap that they might get in. But what we also need to do is we need to really wrestle down the, the, what's at the heart of this, and that is the escalating cost of higher education. We need to be thinking about a variety of, of solutions. And I know that community college played a role in one of my brother's lives, that's escalating. And then you look at state universities. Well, the whole point that they're called state universities is because we have made a commitment as a society to fund these universities. That's why they're called state universities. But we've seen a pullback in that too, and state legislators uh, have allocated resources elsewhere. So I think this is a moment for us to really recognize that the future of so many uh, relies on higher education. Why is it so difficult? Why do we, why have we created such an obstacle course? And why are we drowning our students in a whirlpool of debt? We need to address that. This is the beginning of that. I think we have to, we have to go further in that conversation to really solve this problem. I agree with you. It's a systemic issue that needs to be unpacked and quite frankly, rebooted and started again, because it's becoming um, an opportunity for those of privilege to attend college and university. And that's not the way it should be. I want to talk, Marta, as we as we draw this time for to a close. Goodness, it goes so fast. I could talk to you all day. The consumer movement really needs to evolve. And you write about this so eloquently in the book. So in your dream scenario, think about the consumer listening to this, wherever she or he may be sitting in the world. What's an action step that they can take 
to be more aware and to also move the needle to hold uh, corporations accountable so there is more transparency? What can we as the consumer do? Well, remember that the marketplace depends on us. We are consumers. We drive the demand side of that equation. Um, The success of these products and services count on us. Every day we go into the market and we vote. We vote with our wallets. And we can make choices that actually shift the marketplace um, and create it. Now, sometimes we can have a bigger impact by working in partnership. And that's where Consumer Reports comes in. What we do is partner with a variety of different organizations to grow our voice as consumers. And that is where you start to see real change. So become aware for sure. But I also say go to um, the book or go to our website, which is a companion to the book at um, buyeraware.cr.org. And look at the variety of different issues. Which issues are impacting your life? Is it higher education? Is it home mortgage? Have you been discriminated against when you have tried uh, to get car insurance and and a variety of of other, you know, child safety products um, or the safety of the food you eat? Look at those and make some choices that are really relevant to you and your family. And then let's go from there and think about how we can work together and how we together can demand that change. It may be signing a petition. It may be um, joining a coalition or writing a letter or um, showing up to a webinar to really make a case for change. But that to me is the first step. I think we have important decisions to make every day. We want to be your partner in making those decisions. And it's important that you make those individual decisions. But at the end of the day, so many of the issues we're talking about are bigger than ourselves, right? That we want you to have the product and service that is right for your family. But we also need to shape the rules of the road. We need the rules that are going to shape the marketplace. Right now, we have to make a decision. What kind of society do we want to live in? Do we want a society that puts people at the center or do we want a society that is simply looking at the bottom line and looking at profits? That's our opportunity. We have to be the drivers of our own destiny. And I think as consumers together, we can make that happen. And I'm hearing you say we have power. So we need to tap that power and honor what we can do to make a change for the good. That's absolutely right. Growing consumer power can only happen if each of us recognize the power that we have. Marta Tejado, I learned so much from you. What a delight to have you on the show. Let's tell our global audience about your amazing book. It's called Buyer Aware, Harnessing Our Consumer Power for a Safe, Fair, and Transparent Marketplace. And of course, it's available on Amazon and at all major book retailers. But Marta, I'm going to have you mention again how our audience can get the companion book. There is a companion uh, piece to the book, and it's available to everyone who's listening to this podcast, and it's buyeraware.cr.org. 
And there we take you down the road of many trips and traps and things you should be aware of in the marketplace, but more importantly, what you can do about it, working alone and working with us. So I hope you check it out and I want to hear from you. Tell me what you think. Marta, that's fantastic. Thank you for your incredible work and I am eager for our professional paths to continue to cross. Take good care. Thank you, Caroline. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.